Hello and welcome to the Yellow Chair Collective. We are a psychotherapy practice based in Los Angeles. My name is Jack Lamb and I use they, them and he, him pronouns. And I'm an outreach coordinator and a therapist here at Yellow Chair. So recently we've been thinking and talking about the impact and importance of sibling roles in Asian families. It's quite interesting how we can grow up in similar environments and yet turn out so differently. A big part of it, I think, is the differential expectations that our cultures have for us based on our sibling position. As the youngest child of three in my Chinese Malaysian family, I grew up resenting being the youngest because I felt like I had the least say in the family. But now that I'm an adult, I feel like I appreciate much more the benefits that I gleaned from that too, not having to carry the weight of making choices or supporting the larger family. So today I have with me three of my fellow coworkers from the Yellow Chair Collective to also share with us their experiences with their families and how their roles have impacted the ways that they participated in their families. So welcome, Connie, Jeff, and Tammy. Thank you. Hello. Hey everyone. My name is Jeff Yam and I use he, him pronouns. I'm not too familiar with the number in generations, but I consider myself 1.5 gen Korean American. Uh, I'm a therapist and a communications coordinator at YCC. Hi everyone, my name is Tammy Keeley. I, uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a 1.5 generation Taiwanese American. I'm a neuropsychologist. So my background is mostly working with clients from all sorts of ethnicities from across the lifespan. So I worked with young children all the way up to late nineties mostly assessing for ADHD, autism, concussions, dementia, stroke. And I also deal with a variety of mood disorders and any of the residual effects of like trauma. You know, it's great to be amongst other therapists. Hi all, I'm Connie. I use she, they pronouns. I am a second generation Korean American and um, I am the youngest out of, well, two children. So I have an older sister. I have worked with um, children mainly in South LA. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to start by asking maybe, you know, I know we've talked a little bit about kind of our sibling roles, but I was wondering like maybe the first time or the most salient time where you kind of noticed your sibling position or sibling role and what was expected of you in that role um, in your family, if there's a story around that. Uh, I forgot to mention that I am the oldest of two. <laughs> I have a younger sister. So a little bit more background. Again, I grew up in a Korean household and I also grew up in a Christian home, as some of you may or may not know. Um, that puts a lot of responsibility, also adds a lot of you know, background guilt. Um, but yeah, the first time or the time that my role really became clear to me was when my dad had passed away about 14, 15 years ago. It was a tragic incident. It brought a lot of trauma to our family. And since I'm the first eldest boy of my family, male, I would say, maybe the more successful one, my whole extended family looked towards me. They're like, oh, you should be like your cousin Jeff, or why aren't you doing this with your life? And when my dad passed away, it was a lot of responsibility was put on me. Um, Jeff, you better go get your license so that you can start driving your sister to her tennis matches. You better start helping your mom with the family business, there was just a lot of things I was asked to do and that made me not only feel really frustrated 
because I can live my life as a free child, but also um, a lot of guilt and shame when I couldn't follow up with those expectations. Yeah, those are really hard moments. And I felt like I grew up at a very young age. How old were you when your dad passed away? I was 15 going on 16. I also lost a lot of other male members of my family too around the same time. And so it just felt like all the men were dropping like flies in my family. And that also brought a lot of anxiety on me and pressure to like lead this whole entire family. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do it, <laughs> but I can't do it alone. That sounds like so much pressure to like carry the weight of not only being the oldest of your, just your sibship, but like even amongst like mm -hmm. your cousins and then with other male adult figures uh, not being around. Yeah, I had to learn on my own what it was like to be a maybe heterosexual cisgender male. I didn't have my dad to ask questions or my grandpa to ask questions. Even growing up in a Korean church, like it's a very family oriented thing. So there's also a lot of pressure from church members like, oh man, you're going really far away for school. Like, what about your mom? And I'm like, why would you say that? I'm already thinking about that. Mm -hmm. um, it's such a different perspective. Like I'm the youngest of two. My sister is five and a half years older than me. So I'm basically like almost like an only child in the sense of like, we are always in different stages of our life. But I think she always bared the responsibility. And I was like, I was able to have more freedom. Of course, as a child, I probably didn't think I had freedom. And I was always like, oh, well, she gets to go out with her friends. And I'm like, well, that's because I'm considerably younger. So I can't do a lot of the things that she can do. But I don't think I ever had to like carry that weight. You know, the only thing I had to do was focus on school and being obedient and kind of following the cultural expectations. But I think even now as like I'm getting older and there are more expectations to help my parents, um, it's still not at the, probably the weight that as an older sibling, you know, you would have. So, I mean, I know when my husband and I got together and we had discussions around like, when our parents are gonna be aging, what are we gonna do? Do, are we thinking, whether or not they want to go to like a senior home, I think just culturally we would invite them to our home. And even my husband was like, isn't that something the older sister, like older sibling would take <laughs> on? And, and nothing against my family, but just kind of like, because, you know, I, I also told him I would do that. We would do that for his family, right? When his grandma was sick, if his parents needed, we would probably have a space for them. But like, I think it was never expected of us to do it, but I wanted to have that gesture, you know? But it's, yeah, different as a younger sibling can kind of coast a little bit. I think I've always had that. The, the older ones take care of me and I have older cousins who take care of me. I'm like, I, I don't envy that. <laughs> Thanks. I'm no, really just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely able to like relate to that, Tammy, because um, I'm also the youngest. And yeah, I just, I really relate personally very deeply with um, like, okay, just kind of keep your head down and like do be the be obedient child. I don't know if I have like the most salient memory necessarily, but I think it's been like an accumulation of memories. So like one of the earliest ones that I do have is actually my sister ordering pizza for the family. And so like my parents hardly spoke English. My sister is two and a half years older than I am. They would tell her to order pizza, I think as young as like at the age of like seven or something. 
So I was always the observer. I would constantly be just like watching people making these actions and doing things. Yeah, I kind of felt a little bit invisible, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's like, don't worry about it, Connie. Like, we'll take care of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of that growing up. I guess I also felt like, again, from the accumulations of being the observer, I also was like really realizing like the heaviness that older siblings tend to carry. And I was like, oh, thank God, like, I would hate to be the oldest, you know, because there's, like, <laughs> like, such a relief on my end, and, like, that sounds so selfish, but I think it's, there, there's truth to it, and I was, like, okay, if, if reincarnation really happens, like, please, like, please make me be the youngest again. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jeff is sitting there, like, all y'all younger siblings reaping the benefit. <laughs> Cool. Cool. Well, and it's also like um you know i think that the oldest tends to be like the guinea pigs of um of like the <laughs> of the family so it's like let's test it out with this child oh it didn't work okay we'll definitely not do that with with the second or the third child so i was like oh thank god like someone else got the the, the first experience and it's like don't do this or do that you know so um, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you're all. welcome. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> I've paved the way for you. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that because I think that is something that I've also heard a lot in my like therapy sessions, hearing a lot from elder siblings, feeling like they were the ones who were subject to the less than ideal parenting styles that might have been in the family and then have that be adjusted when they saw younger siblings kind of being raised, right? This is something that, of course, I feel like happens, at least for me, happened in hindsight. Because I think when I was growing up, feeling like, don't worry, right? Similarly, resonating with your experiences, Connie and Tammy, like being the youngest, I felt like a lot of the times they were like, don't think about it. It's okay. You don't need to think about it. You don't have to worry. We'll, we'll take care of everything. And for me, it felt very much like, it doesn't matter what you have to say. It's okay. Like, we have your sister and we have your brother um, and you you just sit there. You don't, you don't have to do anything. Oh, they're going to go get a phone. Actually, this is my memory. This is my, my yeah. stuff coming up. I remember very distinctly <laughs> one time my parents were like, oh, it's, it's really important for y'all to have cell phones because if y'all like go out and stuff, I, I want to be able to contact y'all. And I was so excited. We all went to the mall together and we we're all looking at phones. Finally, like when it came time to buy, they were like, okay, well, this one's for Serena, my elder sister. And then this one's for Ivan. And so we're done. Time oh. to go. <laughs> and of course, at the same time, you know, Tammy, it was kind of the similar thing where it's like, I get it. They're older. But at the yeah. same time, I was also like, uh, yeah, it was it was painful. Oh. Right? I was like, I, I'm, I'm just not on the same level. They don't either they don't trust me or they don't think I'm responsible enough. You know, all of these things always came up for me as the youngest. I, I totally resonate with that. I think there has been almost like a compensation to demonstrate that I am responsible, you know, that I can do things as much oh, as yes. I appreciate the guidance. I think it's always been like, we'll just take care of it for you in a very loving family way, but in a way that I think probably made me feel like they didn't trust that I could do it on my own. So even like piggybacking off of what Connie said was like, as the youngest one who just things happened around me, I think I became an observer as well. So like I would notice, you know, shifts in people's bodies. I would just notice a lot of things. And I think that has really come into play obviously very well for us who are all in the mental health industry. And we are attuned to other people because we've kind of been observers of 
who, you know, all the adults around us. So it's kind of interesting where we all ended up. Yes, apparently. Things, <laughs> things are coming up in my mind right now. Oh my gosh. I don't, I think, I mean, with the, not, I don't want to say unique, but the experience of going through a trauma of losing a parent kind of pushed me into a parent parental role too, to where I'm like driving my sister, like I mentioned before, but also like, I'm thinking back to all the times when I make decisions decisions it's for my family when I learn something I have to make sure that my mom and my sister know of it and it kind of gets a little morbid but I start thinking like I need to pass this on because if I die they're not going to learn this so even just like <laughs> signing up for a Roth IRA I'm just like my sister you got to get this right like or else <laughs> I just want to wow. make sure your future is okay oh, so yeah. I do have those thoughts down and I put a lot of pressure on my sister too to like do things right you know my way isn't the only way I recognize that but <laughs> I have put a lot of pressure on her so I'm, I feel bad right now oh. doing that I mean it sounds <clears> like <throat> you're helping her also just be responsible and think ahead so you might be shedding light on things that she may not have thought of or had to think of you know I think my sister does the same things she'll mm. be like oh you should do x y and z and I'm like I know I got it <laughs> I know I have you, you respond okay. exactly how my sister would respond. <laughs> okay, I got it. Y'all went back. Oh, I mean, you know, my, my motto is I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I I I don't know, right? I just think I know. <gasps> oh, yeah, I felt really smothered by my sister. <laughs> um <sighs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like okay, yeah, you know. And so um I noticed that I do get defensive even today. I think I have an inferiority complex because I'm the youngest of like people constantly underestimating my abilities to like, yeah, of like knowledge, of being thoughtful, of like having certain skills, you know, things like that. And so I get, I do get defensive when people underestimate me. And I think it, it really ties into my identity as of, of the sibling role of being the youngest. And so I'm like, no, like, let me do it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I just, I get really fussy. When my dad uh, passed away like a little less than a year ago, the si sibling roles have definitely shifted or the family, I'll say the family dynamics and the roles have definitely shifted for me on um, Jeff, kind of similar to your experience. Like I felt like I had to be the parent and it actually made me realize that, oh my gosh, I think my sister felt like she had to be the parent her whole mm -hmm. life. Cause again, like my parents didn't speak English. So they would always use like her for interpreting her to like, do this, do that, or like her guiding her, no, you shouldn't do this, or yes, you should do that. She was kind of like the third parent, and I was just watching all of this happen, partially not knowing what was going on, but then again, more so now realizing as I got older, how heavy of a weight that must have been for her. I guess I just, like, my heart kind of like hurts just like hearing, like thinking about it. She was out of state when my dad was really sick. And so I had to pick up a lot of the roles that, uh, to, you know, that my sister normally would. I've had to interpret. I've had to be the social worker. I've had to like navigate through a lot of these bureaucratic systems in order for my dad to get like the care that he needs. And then like being the first to know like, oh, he only has like two years to live like at most. And then having to like tell my dad that, you know, so I'm like, wow, the heaviness that my sister probably carried for most of her life. I definitely took that for granted. I think you bring up another layer to just being like an immigrant family as well. You know, it's not just being an older sibling and 
kind of having that role on top of just the regular role as a child, but then also being essentially a whole other parent, you know, even if they're younger and having to translate. I think there are a lot of people who could probably relate to that, who, you know, are first generation or one and a half generation, however old they were when they came. And as young kids having to be the translator, you know, I remember when I was in first grade, I mean, this is not like a, a sibship issue, but like going into enrolling for school and they asked me what name I wanted to use, like my Mandarin name or my English name. And I was like, this seems like a really big decision, but you know, even writing like in the yearbook, my parents couldn't like write a note. So I just wrote a note. And then when I opened the yearbook, I'm like, oh, this is a note. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, there was just, it was just, yeah, I described the school and it was not um, the assignment. I didn't get the assignment. <laughs> um, so I think, I think as a young child, like filling out medical forms, all those kinds of things. And I'm sure my sister took on that a lot more of that notice I gravitate towards a lot of friends who are the older siblings. I think I kind of like being taken care of. So that's almost that like push and pull of, no, I can be responsible. I can be independent. I want to show you, but I also really want to be taken care of. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be, I want to be babied. (laughs) Uh, I've always wanted a, I think an older sister or older brother a lot of the things that you Connie and Tammy are talking about I relate to so much like with being an immigrant with having parents who are immigrants like I I remember writing my own sick notes and then my mom just signs it so I could take it to the school I was like mom you write it you're the parent she's like I don't know what to write and I'm like oh so then I remember writing a bunch of those notes I do remember like my own college application and FAFSA, all that crap that they don't make easy for us. I was like, mom, what is this? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. This is really funny, but like for a long time, I thought the word democracy was pronounced democracy because that's how my mom said it. (laughs) And like, those are things I had to learn. I'm like, oh my goodness. That makes me think of, I remember when I first got here because I immigrated as an international student at 18. And my sister, my eldest sister, had already been here for eight years. And I remember her being so frantic about like, okay, just make sure you get your driver's license. You got to go to the DMV. You got to have these documents ready. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to make sure you have that. And I just remember, yeah, and she was like, and, you know, this is the room that you're going to be living in. Uh, This is how much rent costs. But you don't have to worry about that because that's like, you know, that's on my end. And I'll talk to our parents about that. Now, looking back on it, I know how much like labor and anxiety she probably had because she felt responsible for me but yeah I think about that and since I never had to worry about like all of these applications that I had to walk through and I was wondering like for Jeff like did you have to do that for not just for yourself like for example but your sister yeah (laughs) (laughs) buying airplane tickets I mean I really feel like I'm the dad And I I mean, I've talked about this in therapy, but it's like, I'm playing the role of a son, the eldest son, the dad. And sometimes it sounds a little weird, but like the husband, I'm like, mom, you can't make these decisions because it's not going to be the right one for you. Or like read the fine print before you sign something. And I mean, I can't blame her. Like she doesn't know a lot of big words that are on these stinking documents. And so like my mom and my sister are like, 
how do you always find the answer to these things? And I'm like, I literally type in the question you asked me into Google. That's how I get the answer. I'm like, it's not that hard. You just kind of try a little harder. <laughs> That's me getting triggered. Like, just try harder. Yeah. A lot of frustrations and triggers, but I'm I'm hearing the three of your perspective and it's instilling a lot more grace, hopefully, that I can give to my mom and my sister. Yeah. <laughs> so thank I- you. I, I love hearing from you too, because I remember my sister was telling me, you need to invest in your retirement account and, you know, put money away. And at that time I was, I was probably 20 years old and I was still in college. I was like, retirement account where I don't even have an income yet. <laughs> How am I, I going to think about retirement right now? But I wanted to move into a second piece here is it sounds like there is, there's this point, right? Especially for Connie and Tamia here in your story of like starting out as this observer, starting out as like, you don't have to worry about anything, not take on as much responsibility to the point where you feel like, oh, now I'm taking on responsibility. Right now I'm, I want to prove that I'm competent, that I can take on these things. And I wonder where that change was for you or how it happened. I think for myself, it was forced. It's just like situations came up that my parents needed help with. I've felt very stressed out about that. Um, because it was, I think the expectation was like, you have to drop everything and take care of this right now. And it was almost like for the first time, I couldn't necessarily put my stuff first. I had to like literally drop what I was doing and take care of it. Cause they were going to call me back in three minutes to ask me if I've already done it. So there's more of that kind of stress that I think, you know, my sister has probably had to bear and we share a little bit more, but I think she does more of the serious stuff and I do the easy stuff. You know, I think there's still a lot of things that they're like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we'll give Tammy, like she can pull in the trash cans and get our mail. Um, they're not like significantly hard, but my sister, I think still does a lot of the more adult things. And I don't feel bad about that because I know at some point (laughs) I may share that with her, but like right now I feel like they're almost like easing me in, you know, it's, it does add an extra layer to, to the things I'm already responsible for, but I can't even imagine what that's like compared to what my sister has been doing. You know, my dad has a lot more um, medical appointments. Um, He had like brain surgery and stuff recently, like not long ago. And I couldn't make it back for any of that. And so I think my sister has gone to a lot of those appointments. They'll kind of like keep me in the loop, but um, it's not the same. It's interesting moving closer to my parents and my family. Cause then I do see, I am back in that role of being the younger child and not necessarily babied, but they still just kind of will take care of it. It's interesting because there are expectations to be an adult, but then also at the same time, like, oh, but you're still the younger child. And Jack, your question brings in a lot of layers for me. Definitely when my dad got sick was like a really huge, obvious turning point for me. And then my sister not being in California. So I, and I was like, my parents are, were in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles. I felt like, well, yeah, I'm the one who is closest proximity to you know these things to my parents and all the things that they have to get done and so it's easier in a way and I do remember kind of like resenting my sister like oh she gets to get away with this you know like she doesn't have to deal with all these stresses but yeah I mean but she has she's she still had to and Tammy I think a little bit related to your experience like I do think that 
my sister still was like she was definitely still like involved but obviously not to the same extent that I was this was like in front of my face every single day of like visiting my dad at the hospital like getting him certain things and then like having to deal with my mom venting about my dad and like it's just yeah and so like I've had to also be like you know my mom's therapist and I think that role has actually been there prior to my dad like getting sick because like my sister as I've already mentioned like she is a trailblazer she she's like the first to kind of like um, experience everything and especially as like a second generation Korean American herself right with that heaviness and the burden on that comes with that role I do think that I was really starting to get that experience more obviously it was just so like again it was so in my face that I couldn't like just be like nope not gonna do it the only time that I decided like I this was too much for me was like when I actually cut off my parents and I like decided to stop talking to them it was like not good for my mental health. I was getting really burnt out, all of that. So I told my sister, hey, I'm not going to talk to mom and dad. Like, can you be the emergency contact now for my dad's like nursing home? And she just, without question, she just like took it. And she was like, okay. So she was like back in charge, making the, like calling the shots. And like when my dad died, she um, was like arranging all the funeral stuff and like the service and when it was going to be and like she was working she was coordinating like with my aunt so I kind of felt like I was going back into my default position so it's been a really interesting like wave of events and like wave of like because of certain decisions that I've made it was putting everything back into normal or like homeostasis I guess we we can put it one thing that I'm curious about I know we're almost at a close, but with Jeff, right? We've heard a little bit about how Connie and Tammy, your roles have shifted into getting more responsibility. It sounds like it's been thrusted at you, right? Like you feel like you had to take on these roles as, especially sounds like illness is a huge one for your parents. So for Jeff, I'm wondering like, have you noticed your role shift at all in the past years, ever since your dad passed away? And do you still feel like that pressure and that constant responsibility for your dad? Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's shifted much, but I think for me, I just had to realize like, you know, this is sort of part of who I am when we think about the Korean cultural context of Chung, which is like a very deep, strong level of connectedness and we-ness. I think for me, it, I just had to set those lines myself in a way that still helps my family, but still helps with me. So my mom runs a restaurant and before like we were always involved. And for me, I just, I said, look, like lately I said, mom, I can help you the morning four hours. And then the last four hours, I got, I got to get out of here (laughs) and you choose when you want. And so that's kind of like the compromise that we had found that way. I still get my alone time and hang out with friends, uh, but also to still feel like I'm helping my mom and not, you know, the, the, the word that I'm trying to rewrite is abandon my mom and abandon my sister. I probably cry every time I leave home because those deep inner feelings come up for me. And I'm always hoping in the back of my mind, please be okay until I get back. Because <laughs> I don't want something to happen while I'm away. So I still very much feel that role is very prominent in my life. But again, I don't want to say boundaries because that doesn't fit my cultural context, but I do think that there can be compromise. I hear how painful it is to leave your family still and that guilt of the 
quote unquote abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, who are listening or watching might resonate too. So I'm going to ask you, Jeff, and, and then Connie can as well to share maybe what is one tip that you can share with anyone listening today that might have resonated with your story? Uh, I wrote this down and I think I want to say try to avoid black and white thinking or absolutes. You don't have to remain fully in your ethnic cultural identity, but also at the same time, in my words, I don't want to say I don't always have to conform to the dominant cultural group. So what I mean by that is um, get to know your roots, but it doesn't mean that's like fully how you're defined. And also if you feel that you believe your individuality is important, I think there can be compromise to where that can be healthy and aligns with how you want your relation with your family to be, but also for your own well-being. Um, I do think that's really important. And meshing the two cultural groups is definitely possible, but it's really hard. But don't think in absolutes would be my tip. I think my tip is, I mean, I think for myself, I've always struggled with like the American ideal of like individuality and then the Asian culture of very like much like community and interconnectedness. And I never really felt the guilt of like being a younger sibling or all the things that I didn't have to bear because I never asked to be in this role. So I was never apologetic for, for being a younger child. However, I am very cognizant as an adult of how much the our cultures do play a role. And in my more recent years have been much more verbal about um, appreciation and with my parents, right? I, I don't know that when I was younger, I ever said like, oh, thanks for X, Y, and Z. And so I'm really trying now, like every time to, I, th I thought about it when I was younger, but I, I'm saying it more now. So every time something comes up, I'm, I try to be very thoughtful about like, thank you so much for thinking of me and dropping off fruit. Thank you for cooking me a meal. It really, I appreciate this so much. And uh, I don't know if that stems from guilt of like not being as helpful as I should be, but um, I guess my tip is if you're a younger sibling and, and you are in this privileged position to be taken care of, to just let the people who are taking care of you know, so that even though they may do it out of love that they, and they would do it regardless, um, and they may not accept your, your um, gratitude, but that, that we do tell them because, um, you know, a little bit counts. So I think that guilt has been something that I've really struggled with in my life and specifically with my family. I'd say like, that's probably one of the biggest emotions that I have that take over. And so I guess my advice is like, notice when you are doing things out of obligation that may lead to resentment or that, okay, am I doing this because I actually want to, especially if they put a lot of pressure on you to um, fulfill certain roles and, you know, they have certain expectations of you being more aware and having a healthy relationship with guilt of like, Hey, I see you. And thank you for being here because you remind me I'm not a psychopath, so I have feelings. And at the same time, don't let guilt take the steering wheel and take control over your life because then you're just going to like resent everyone for the rest of your life. And I think um, one way to do that it, it is to actually create boundaries for yourself and really being in check of like, hey, can I be my mom's therapist today? Do I have capacity for that? So again, are you doing that because you feel guilty? 
Or are you doing that because you really want to just be there for her genuinely? Yeah, and that's a question I, <laughs> I struggle with myself, but I, I try to really um, be intentional about my wants versus obligations. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the tip I have for not just younger siblings, but like really overall across <laughs> the board um, and specifically Asian families. Thank you all so much for sharing. And um, I feel like we could, you know, do another episode on like sibling roles. <laughs> this is just scratching the surface. But, you know, I think if anyone is interested in listening more, we have other podcasts that talk about, you know, immigrant families and immigrant children and the kind of responsibilities and roles that they take on in the family. Um, you can follow us on our Instagram at Yellow Chair Collective as well as find out more about our amazing therapists that have spoken here today on the yellowchaircollective.com website. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I hope that you share and follow this podcast if you found it helpful. Thank you everyone for being here. Thank you for having us.